Hopefully it's recording. Oh, recording has started. Let everyone know they're being recorded. Gordon, you are being on a recorded line. Hopefully it's not a huge issue for you. Don't admit to any crimes. Right? Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to, well, I guess it's the the Denver Stiffs show now. No longer uh, calling this thing the Pickaxe Podcast, but we are calling it the Denver Stiffs show because Denver Stiffs is back and better than ever. Our first season in, oh, I don't know. Well over a decade of once again being locally owned and operated. Big shout out to Mile High Sports, Andy Feinstein, uh, for all of their help in getting us kicked off. I am Zach Mikosh. Uh, you might be hearing this for the first time, but I am your new site manager for DenverStiffs.com. We've got a ton of a uh, ton of awesome stuff uh, planned for this season. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm so excited. Uh, some of you may know the reason last time when I left Denver Stiffs was because I was like, yeah, Vox Media is absolutely gonna axe this thing, and then they did. But luckily, um, Andy Feinstein, Nate Lundy, those guys stepped in. They made sure this site wasn't going anywhere, and they asked me if I would uh, run the site for them. I've humbly accepted, and the first thing I was going to do was get back to podcasting, and I of course could not get back to podcasting without my faithful co-host from the pickaxe podcast days mr gordon gross he's with us here gordon how are you sir i'm here it's a new season we're champions we said we told them like look we're gonna start the podcast again if the nuggets win a title and so the nuggets were like bet so we had to do it so we're back we had to that's it that's it that was that was the entire premises if they had lost to the lakers we'd be like yeah screw it i don't care Was not the Lakers. We're not doing that anymore. We're past those days. Those days are gone. Well, not if you listen to Anthony. Did you catch this? Anthony Davis at his media day uh, said that they heard all the trash talking. I'm like, all right, you guys really got to get over one like radio host calling Michael Malone, the Lakers daddy like that. Like, how long do you think it's going to take them to realize that Vic Lombardi is not actually on the team? Right. Yes, he is. uh, He is a media personality. I'm sorry that the MC of the event said something you didn't like, but honestly, if you didn't want to have that happen, maybe you should try to win a game. Yeah, I'm maybe just get swept. Not even a series, just the game. Just one a game would, would be a good start. Well, they did get four moral victories. They had a moral sweep. So there's that is true. I mean, we can't really compete with that. See, this is this is the problem. Like, we're gonna get onto the show, but like me and Gordon haven't been on since the Nuggets won the championship. Like, we gotta get off these <laughs> Lakers jokes, man. <laughs> Well, we got, we'll have some more for the season, but don't worry. Yeah, we'll definitely warm up no with this. No doubt. We were talking before um, before we hopped on. Now, they already already have at least DraftKings. already has a line out for the Nuggets. I'm not going to spoil that, though, because we'll get to that one when it's a little bit closer. But I, uh, if you want to bet, I mean, I don't know why anybody would bet on a game three weeks prior 
uh, to it to it happening. But if you're if you're that kind of crazy gambler, uh, it's out there for you. There, yeah, there's a line for the Lakers game. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, I, uh, I would not advise anybody here. So here's it. Cause we're going to, we're going to start the show off just like we used to, and we're going to, we're going to get into our fast break bets section. Um, and hopefully, uh, give you guys some, some winners, but here's a couple of rules that I have for, uh, sports betting, particularly basketball. Definitely don't bet on a game line. That's still three weeks out. Uh, that's silly. You have no idea who's actually going to be playing in that game right at this moment and who will be. I mean, they're playing the Lakers. Anthony Davis is probably almost guaranteed to be out. Let's just be honest. Uh, and then, though he did say he wanted to, want to uh, play 82 games this year, we all got a good laugh. Uh, but yeah. uh, my other, so that would be my first piece of betting advice. My other piece of betting advice, don't bet on preseason games. Like, what kind of masochist are you? Seriously. Uh that's I, I don't understand like, putting up betting on preseason games at all. It makes no sense to me in any universe. But I guess people, you know, when they're like, well, I don't have a Greyhound race to bet on. I've got to bet on something. <laughs> like, <laughs> do what you got to do, I guess. The the Moroccan horse racing circuit is uh, not on today. So I guess it's going to be preseason. It is preseason. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, all right. Well, let's not delay. Let's let's, let's hop back into it um, with our fast break bet section. If for those of you who are not familiar, which is probably most of you, because we only did this section for a short bit uh, before we, before we, well, I guess we took a hiatus. Is really what it comes down to. That's correct. Um, we said wait for them to win. That's all. That's it. Uh, but we're going to give you guys three bets that we see uh, and that we think, you know, not a, not, not even necessarily. Uh, which way it's going to go, but 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 that I that I looked at, and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting to look at or interesting to talk about, uh, and we'll do that every every week with you guys here with me and Gordon. Um, so here before starting preseason and me saying don't bet on preseason, I'm uh, I'm not going to do that. So we'll look at some futures, right? We'll look at some season long bets. Um, and the first one, which I think, which I I think is definitely worth talking about, is is the the over under on wins because for a long time. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, like betting the Nuggets over on season wins was just free money. Like they, they were constantly yep. undervalued by the betting public. And I think that's kind of where they're at again, because the over under is at 53 and a half. So if the Nuggets win 54 games, uh, the, you, that will cash if you bet the over. And I, I don't know about you, Gordon, but I, I have a hard time seeing them not getting at least 54 this year. I mean, they didn't give 54 last year. They didn't, but last year there was also like this whole you know ramp up phase with Jamal uh, and Mike and getting those guys back. They of course had that real big lull in in the spring, which you know some of that you can argue that might have been by design uh, to get them some yes. rest. I kind of think it. I think a lot of it really comes back to the MVP discourse um, and yep. Jokic just basically like yeah screw it, I'm not gonna like. Uh, like we have seen that uh, from Jokic a lot in his in his career. Like I, I think particularly, remember when he got fined for the uh, the no homo comment? Yep. And then the next game, he flat out refused to shoot the ball. Like he took one shot that game, and it was because it was at the buzzer to win. He missed. Uh, but like, oh, I've, I've never been so pissed off at Jokic than I was that game. Um, but it, that, like, that type of thing, right? Like when people, when something happens outside of the basketball court that Jokic feels like he's being treated unfairly, um, like he just he gives up the big proverbial middle finger, and it's like, well, then fuck you. And so that's 
I, I think that was a big part of their lull last season in the spring was him being like, well, all right, this is the way you guys are going to, you know, you're going to, if Kendrick Persons is basically Kendrick Persons Perkins is basically going to say that I'm only winning this MVP because of the color of my skin. Like, then screw you. I just won't win it. Like that, that feels very much in line with. It, it uh, felt like, reading. yeah, it felt yeah. very much like a Jokic thing to do. Right. Right. Um, exactly. But it, I mean, it was also, uh, it's, it's boring. You're already in the lead. They tanked for three weeks and still got the number one seed. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like they, they shut it down to the point that Malone was begging them to play. Right. And, they were like, now nah, actually, we feel like we need the mental rest, so we're just not going to. I mean, they were right. The, the players were absolutely right that, you know, look, we just need to catch our breath, and then we're going to run through this playoffs like lightning. And for all that Malone says, you can't just flip a switch, the Nuggets were like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we, we can, can absolutely flip a switch. It's, it's not a big no deal, words. actually. No worries. So as a coach, you hate that. As a coach, you're like, no, no, every game matters. Every quarter matters. Every play matters. Especially you know, Malone. and it, well, Malone is absolutely that guy. Right. Um, that grinds his for, gears without a doubt. Right. But so, so in that sense, if that hap- sort of thing happens again, I can see the Nuggets going under 53 wins, but I do think they are more than a 53 win team. So yep, agreed. And I also in, think in that sense, gonna, I would bet the over. Yeah. There's going to be, I think there's the West is certainly more talented this year on the, on the top end. Like when you think about teams like, you know, Dallas and how they got Kyrie at the middle of the season. And now they've got the whole like off season to integrate him. And obviously they're not going to be looking to just like tank the crap out of the second half of the season because, uh, because they struggled integrating him. When you think about a team like uh, Phoenix who traded for Durant halfway through the season, and then he got hurt immediately and really didn't play. And now they've got him plus Beal plus use of you plus all these other guys. And they've got a whole off season to integrate those. Like I think the top end uh, teams are going to present more threat to the Nuggets getting the number one seed than Memphis and Sacramento did last year. Because it, it got, once like the Nuggets cleared Memphis and like, especially once Jaw got into all the off the court nonsense that he was yep. getting into, like it, there was no threat to them uh, at the one seed. Yeah. So they could totally tank, like you said, at like half, half a month and still end up as the one seed. I don't know that that happens this year. I think they're going to have a little bit more pressure. Plus, you also have the new rule about resting players. So, I, I mean, I think there's just a lot of things that the, set up. Toward- the resting players rule won't matter uh, if I, unless you expect, I guess, in the second half of the year for the Nuggets to get some all-stars that are going to mess it up. Because the rest rule is simply you can't rest multiple all-stars at the same time and the Nuggets only have one. That's true. That is true. So, the Nuggets... The Nuggets have one all-star, so there's nothing this, to really worry about there. The Nuggets knew this was coming in the whole time they've been playing chess while everyone else is playing chess. That's what it is. They were like, now we can still rest our guys because none of them get awards. <laughs> you know, they like get how titles, back in, but not awards. Back in the day, like the Nuggets would send out. I, I remember one time they sent out uh, bottles of Italian wine, right, to like all the all-star voters or whatever. Uh, for Gallo? To try and get, I for Gallo. Yeah, yep. yeah, I remember that. This time, they, they since they knew the rules were coming, they're like, in no uncertain terms are you to vote for Jamal Murray whatsoever <laughs> or Eric right. Gordon. You, right. They are flat out not all stars. Never. They just sent the they just th- sent a threatening letter instead of a, a bottle of wine. Um, but yeah, I do, but I, mean, I do think that yeah, I think that like as far as the West goes, I think the the top of the West is tougher. Um, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of the West. Like Oklahoma City is going to be really interesting to see. 
They're they're um, I mean they're one of the most intriguing teams in the uh, in the NBA if you ask me. Uh, with I you think know, they're massively talented. I don't know if they're going to be incredibly good yet, but they're massively talented. That's not the problem. And so, can they stay it, healthy? Right. That's like yeah, but if you're that talented, you can lose a guy to injury and be like, yep, we're still going. It's fine. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. I yeah, I think Oklahoma City is uh, honestly probably the second best team in the in the Northwest Division. Like I can't. Uh, I think they're better than Minnesota. Uh, Utah is is definitely still rebuilding. I know they were uh, kind of avoided a full rebuild last year when they they had some success early on. Um, who else is in this damn division? Minnesota, Utah, Oklahoma City. Who am I forgetting? Who else is in? Oh, Portland. Who's clearly in Portland? Portland's not, not even barely the NBA. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, Portland team is. I think got a lot of young talent. I, I think they did well trading Damian Lillard. Um, we're not I even going to talk about that. Great trading but yeah. yeah, they got they got a lot back for that deal. But uh, they're they're certainly not going to challenge the Nuggets in that division. Um, I don't know. Hold on, I'll, I'll just check it. Let me check what what is Northwest Division winner like for uh, for this year. Hold on, division winner, Northwest Nuggets minus four seventy five. That's that's a solid bet. So they, yeah, actually Minnesota right now plus seven hundred, Oklahoma City plus eight hundred, uh, Portland so plus. So they have 10, they 000. have Minnesota, Oklahoma neck and neck. You know, okay, neck that and makes neck. sense. Yep, yep. And, and really, Utah I mean, Minnesota has the has the like grown talent, but we don't know if the talent actually. We're not fit. sure if it's actually very good, right? <laughs> like, well, I, like it's, it's one of these things where Ant is amazing, and so yeah, I I keep waiting man. for them to build around Ant, and they keep being more willing to let Cat run for another year as the guy, and I'm not sure when they're going to stop doing that. So that's why I can't put any faith in Minnesota yet. Yeah, I don't know if you can call Cat a superstar, um, but at least a star player. Like, Cat if you were to ask me, yeah, right, sure. So if you're going to ask me, like, who's the next star player to be traded? Obviously, the the first choice is going to be James Harden. But second, like, to me, like Carl Anthony Towns is like, like you can't invest what you invested uh, to get Rudy Gobert and then like turn around yep. and trade him a year later. Like, you're not going to trade Anthony Edwards. He's the guy. So yep. And and I don't think it works. Like I think this experiment that Tim Connolly has tried with with Cat and Gobert really really doesn't work. Uh, and so like you got to move off of one of those guys. So to me, Cat is the is the obvious choice of a guy to move off of. I just don't know how much you're going to get for him. So he he could be like a trade deadline guy, like right, especially if he's like having a good individual season. But Minnesota's not looking like a playoff team around trade deadline. I could see that. Right. See that happening. Uh, it's cl- classic Gordon and Zach. We're way off way off course on we never topic. stay on topic look <laughs> to anyone who's listening to this for the first time this is a very stream of consciousness kind of broadcast this is, okay? this is how it goes we yep. just start talking and there is an outline i promise you like zach takes time before these things start to write stuff down and then i ignore all of it and we just go wherever the hell we're going so we just go with it. We buckle just go up, with it. hang in there it's the stiff's way that's how it's going to be it's uh the outline is really mainly there to just remind me that we gotta we gotta refocus, which is what we'll do right now. So we're both taking the over on fifty three and a half season wins yeah. for the Nuggets. That feels like a pretty solid bet. Literally before I wrap that up, though, what was fifty three and a half minus one fifteen? So pretty much even money on that thing. Uh, under minus one hundred five. So there you go. Right. There you go. I think the Nuggets get 56 this year. So if you want to bet the over on 55 and a half, that'll bump you up to plus 135 to get in that plus territory. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's talk Nikola Jokic MVP. I've got two Nikola Jokic MVP bets here. I've got the season MVP. He is currently the odds on favorite at plus 450. Um, 
I don't know if there's enough value in there to to move me. I do think Jokic has got the best chance of anyone to win the He's MVP. The it's yeah. and well and i think it's like there's gonna be i think a certain level of like okay we need to make up for last year like you know like almost how they were yeah. like last year they're like well we can't have him be three years in a row and so they kind of used uh that a narrative not necessarily about last season to justify not voting for Jokic's mvp last season this year i think they'll do the same thing to justify voting for Jokic because they're like okay we massively screwed that up and the playoffs showed that he should have won mvp last year so we're gonna make sure uh, to give it to him this year. So I do think, you know, beyond just the fact that he's going to put up the numbers and he's the most talented player on earth, like I do think there the media narrative will be behind him this year, probably more than it's ever been uh, in any of his MVP campaigns. I agree. It's, there's going to be a lot of Mia culpa voting where they're like, you're not going to fool me twice. Like right. I bought into this. He's not the MVP. It's Embiid. But this year you can't fool me. That guy's the MVP. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, particularly if he puts up, you know, numbers like he did um, last season, which I don't know that he will. I don't know that Jokic hits the same. I don't know if he gets that close to averaging a triple-double. Maybe he does. Um, but again, with with Mike and, and Jamal back, uh, and I think Jamal continuing to grow as a playmaker, you might not see him have to carry as much of the playmaking load uh, as he did last season. So I can't... I, I agree with that. And I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of jumping ahead here because that's my next that's my next I was gonna say. season is this. We can talk okay. about that now if you want. Yeah. Um. So the Jokic MVP plus 450. My 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 main reason for not liking that is plus 450 for a season long bet. Like it's not great. Like when when he was plus uh 2400, like that was a great great season bet. You know, the first year he won it, or even the second year when he won it, when it was like plus 1200 uh to start the year. That's um. That to me is is good value worth worth tying up your your betting money for an entire season over four plus four fifty like you can get plus four fifty in a on a three pick parlay if you work it right so yep I I'm I'm not quite there on on just the value of it but I do think he has a, a fantastic chance of winning MVP I think I think he has a very good chance of winning it but uh yeah money wise it, like if you just wanted to make the money back then it's a good bet. But it's I don't I don't think it's a lot of reward for yeah like you said sticking your money in a hole for you know the next eight months. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but there is another Jokic MVP bet you can make right now. There's probably two. There's probably a Finals MVP bet, but I'm not necessarily worried about that. One that I found that's a little bit quirky that you can get on DraftKings: Nikola Jokic plus twelve hundred for the in-season tournament MVP. What are your thoughts on that, Gordon? Uh, I have no idea how that's going to go. I really feel mixed about it because it's not the playoffs, right? So I guess it depends on how seriously guys take the in-season tournament. See, here's what um, I think about why, why I think it's a good bet, though, is because it's still like regular season games. Like It's, it's regular it's season game. games, and he's, he's a regular season MVP, so yeah. Yeah, and he might very well over the course of this tournament, like average, you know, 30, 15 and 12 or something like that. Like that, that can be just a week for Jokic in the regular season (laughs) plenty of times. So like, I think there's, you know, I I think there's a decent, decent shot shot at that. And at plus 1200, you're only tying up your money for a couple months. Like it's, it's a much more, um, it's a much more agreeable bet for me. I would. Well, I would it's a November to December thing, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. So rather than, you know, the new, the new year at all. So in that sense, it's just a matter of whether the nuggets start fast. Um, because you're, you're talking, you know, how they're doing in November. Are they normally a November team? Um, so, okay. So here it is. It's, uh, yeah. Quarterfinals are December 4th and 5th. And then yeah, finals in um, December 9th, right? December 9th, yeah. So yeah, exactly. You're you're right there. Yeah, November, uh, November third. I see. I should have done more research on this stupid thing, but this was the bet that I came up with at the last second. So right. So I guess it's not you. These random games happen like they're not. It's not like they're yeah. It, it, it's like it's a, no. It's a game like one game a week counts as the tourney game. Gotcha. So yeah, it's, I like. It's not I like mean, a tournament tournament. So. I like I like Jokic still on uh he's never been a guy who's really slow had a slow start like I mean that's why that's why um I was able to win that bet two years or three years ago now when on his first MVP was because it was like in the first week of the season it's like well if he does this all season long he's definitely gonna win MVP so why not go for it so I mean Jokic is there's some other guys I think on the Nuggets who do maybe start a little bit slower um Jokic is not one of those guys, though. So I could, I could, yeah, absolutely see. No, I could, I could see money in that. Absolutely, especially at twelve plus twelve. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, for a bet. In fact, I, I, you know, I'm probably gonna put my money where my mouth is on that one. <laughs> there you go. Put some cash. Throw, on it. See what throw a twenty on it and see what happens. Why not? Um, yeah. So that's a, just a kind of an interesting bet. A new, a new angle this this season for the NBA um, and for sports gamblers alike. So. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. What are your thoughts in general on the the in in the season tournament? Um, I don't really care about it, but we'll see yeah. how it goes. If it gets interesting, you know, like the the Elon finish or whatever, like we'll we'll see. Like it could be, it could make things interesting. It could just be completely random. But I, I I'm willing to see how it goes, but I don't care. See, and that's the sentiment, right? Like, I don't care either. Like, could care less if the Nuggets win uh, the the in-season tournament or not. Like, and I think people are so, like, desperate, right, to make this uh, – or the NBA clearly is, like, desperate to, like, try and take something from, um, you know, from European soccer and, and that style of – those tournament styles that they do, like, kind of all throughout the season. Uh, I – I just don't know that it, that it works here. Like, I don't know that anybody um, that fandom is geared towards that way to care about anything. Like we're such a rings culture here. If, if right. anybody were to like get on Twitter and uh, you know, brag about their team winning the, the in season tournament, like they would get dunked on relentlessly. So I, uh, yeah, I'm not a, a huge, huge believer in the, uh, the in season tournament. I don't think it'll be, uh, much success, but I, I'll give, I will give the, the NBA credit for trying something, you know, trying something new. Why not? Right. Yeah. I have no problem with that. It's yeah. See what happens. See if you can build something out of it, you know, but I, it's at this point, it's immaterial to me. Those are regular season games. I just want to win them. If that involves so he, us winning the tournament. Great. That's fine too. Here was my, here's what I think they should do uh, to make it have some more skin in the game. I think they could do a tiered system of playoff seeding based off of whoever wins this in-season tournament. So here's what I mean. If you win the in-season t- tournament and you end up as the number one seed at the end of the year, then okay, whatever. It means it basically means nothing. If you uh, actually either one or two seed, because I don't think anybody should have the, the first seed taken away from them because somebody won a tournament back in, in December. Um, 
but if you're if you win the in, NBA in season tournament and you're the third or fourth seed, you automatically bump up to the two seed. If you are the fifth or sixth seed, you automatically bump up to the four seed. If you're the seven or eight, you bump up to the sixth. If you're the nine and ten, you bump up to the the eighth. Uh, if you're and if you're anything below. 10, you bump up to 10, right? So if you think about that in each way, whether like if you were the third seed, okay, great. Now you've got home court advantage in the second round because you won that tournament. If you were the fifth seed, okay, now you've got home court advantage in the first round because you won that tournament. If you're the sixth seed, well, now you don't have to play the player or the seventh seed, you don't have to play the play in tournament because you won that uh, first round. If you were the 10th seed, or, or the 11th seed, now you get into, you get an automatic bid into the play, play in tournament uh, because you won you won that in-season tournament. That to me would like put some skin in the game for these these teams, but not necessarily put so much importance on that tournament that it really kind of uh, you know over overtakes something that a team did over the entire season. Just I think a thought. you should. I think you should do it. I think you should submit that to the NBA to make <laughs> them do it because that because they keep talking about how the the, the players need to care, and I'm like, if you can give them a first round home court advantage, they'll care. Right, exactly. Or just just something to know, like, hey, if we win this, it's going to give yeah. us a better chance in the postseason one way right. or another. Um, and, you know, for those teams that are lower seeds, like, I guess the only thing that would well, really right, suck well, about I'm it. saying, I'm thinking about, like, you know, uh, you're trying to split, you know, home court advantage. And you're like, well, normally it would be the other team who would have home court advantage in the playoffs. But because we won the tournament, we're going to have it. And that, right. that makes a huge difference if you're talking about one or two games between the top couple seeds in the league. If, right. if and, and making those teams go harder for that kind of tournament, that makes it more interesting to me. See, so there you go. I'm going to call up Adam Silver uh, today. Yeah, yeah. Just, just get him on the phone. Let him know that's a good idea. Yo, Adam, bro. Long time no talk. I just, I don't, that's not actually going to happen, but you know, I wish it would. I wish I had, I had a good relationship with old Adam Silver. All right, moving on though, because we're, we're still once again off track. Um, last one that I was going to talk about. Is that? <laughs> I'll take the blame for this one. I totally, I totally was like asking your opinion on the end season tournament, um, which is like news that came out, you know, three months ago. Whatever, whatever. Um, one last, one last fast break bet here. Uh, you had kind of alluded to this earlier. Jokic, nine and a half assists on the season right now that's that's what the line they have set for him i they they're they're asking a lot of Jokic. with they are point. asking a lot and i and i get uh, it he was over nine and a half last season um, i understand that but i would bet the under on that i'm with you i would take the under because like he could very well average 9.2 and still that's still an amazing season uh yes but, but it wouldn't it wouldn't cash out and so well the other thing know, is yeah. Jokic doesn't doesn't care so right the fact that he almost got 10 assists a game was because that's what the Nuggets needed him to do. It's not right. because he was trying for something. So if the Nuggets don't need him to do that this year, because like you said, uh, let's say Jamal starts taking his playmaking from the playoffs into the regular season, you know, he starts taking those assist totals, you know, into the regular season, then Jokic doesn't have to do as much heavy lifting and he can just receive assists instead of getting them. And his assist numbers might be like, eight or nine instead of nine and a half and that's fine that th that would be great i'm sure that both jamal and yogis would be happy with that 
So oh, yeah. no, I don't I don't think that I don't think that uh this would be the year where I would expect Jokic to get ten assists, you know, per game to clear nine and a half. I don't I don't think he's going to do it. I mean, if he does, it's amazing, but he's everything he does is amazing. So right. I wouldn't bet against it in, in the sense that I don't think it can happen, but I would bet against it in the sense that I don't think it will have to happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, essentially, this bet is asking, do you think he's going to average a triple-double or not? Because you know he's going to get double-digit right. points and rebounds. Absolutely. And it's just it's just so hard to do. I mean, Russ did it, um, obviously. Yeah, but Russ, Russ did, the way that Russ did it is not the is not the way that Jokic would do it. Like that's right. the thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, so I, I I just don't see it um, happening again. I, I mean, I'd be happy to be wrong, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just not there with that one. Mm. Especially at minus at minus one fifteen. Like, yeah. Nope. I'm good on that one. All right. Well. That'll wrap up our fast break bets section um, brought to you by no one. But if anybody would like to give us a sponsorship, uh, hit me or someone associated with the show up. Except for Gordon. He doesn't he doesn't check his email. Oh, don't hit me up. I, <laughs> I don't I don't take requests and I, I don't take um, sponsorships. So uh, I, mean, I would also- take sponsorships, but I don't think I don't think I'm qualified. So. And I will also throw this in there uh, as well. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to help get yourself some help. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to the the news of the day, which was NBA Media Day. I do apologize uh, to anybody who is disappointed that Denver Stiffs was not at Media Day today. We are uh, We are working very hard to get this all put together. Uh, for the season like i said it's it's a it's a bit of a new territory for us because even back when we were independently uh owned and operated before the old sb nation days i mean that was like andy running a google blog by himself so um the the site is obviously much bigger now and there's a lot more going on and so we're still kind of just trying to get the last bit of the kinks worked out um and one of those kinks uh involved uh, me not being able to get to media day today. So uh, I do apologize for that. But luckily, you know, I was thinking about this too. Um, media day is just so different now uh, than it was back then. Back when then was it was? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now now it's like, you know, back then it, it was like such a scrum, uh, you know, five, six years ago where the, they would they would put out, like we as stiffs had to have like four people at media day because sometimes the nuggets would have like three players come out and they all sit at like different tables, folding chairs or tables. Like, on right. The court. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. On, on the practice on the court. court. Yeah. Yep. And we, so we would have to like uh, all kind of divide and conquer to make sure we got, we, we got the coverage of everything. Nowadays they all come into the media room um, and they've been doing this for a bit now. Uh, and you know, you get them, you get the, as you, if you were watching, uh, today, you get basically two players at a time and they just go one after another, after another, they get everybody out there and they stream all that stuff on YouTube. So like really the only difference between everybody in the world and the, and the media members who are actually in media day, the only difference in access you're getting, unless you're like, uh, you know, caveat, the, the people who actually work for altitude get, get quite a bit more access at media day. But uh, the rest of us, like really the only difference is, is you're not able to ask any questions, right? You only can, right. You're, you're, you're relying on the media there, but you can see the whole thing uh, in its entirety. So I, I actually had to drive to Laramie, uh, Wyoming today. It's a, it's a beautiful drive, but um, it's 
about an hour away from where I'm at. So I had, uh, I had a good, you know, I had a good two hours to kill and that was spent listening to the entirety of the Nuggets media day press conference. So, um, I took quite a few notes on, on media day and I I'll dive into it, uh, with Gordon here now. And the first thing I was gonna talk about is what, what comment stood out to me the most. And so what stood out to me the most is when Christian Brown is doing his presser, um, he talks a lot about, you know, Bruce Brown has left. There's a great opportunity for more playmaking, for uh, more ball handling, and sort of, you know, kind of being that uh, backup point guard. And yet, when Calvin Booth talked, he said, and let me, I want to make sure I get the, the quote exactly right here. Um, Calvin said, uh, he said that. Christian, I think, has improved his ball handling a ton, but he won't be playing any backup point guard. Then that that is like period into sentence the statement that he made. Right, like, yeah. In no oh. uncertain terms, yeah. he said Christian will not be playing backup point guard. Now, obviously, Calvin Booth is the GM and not the coach, and that I would assume ultimately falls falls on Michael Malone's shoulders. Michael Michael Malone didn't talk much um, about you know Bruce Brown leaving and and how to replace him, other than just you know that he was happy for Bruce Brown and that uh, Bruce got paid. Uh, but so to me that, cause I think that's the biggest question. One of the biggest question mark, probably the biggest question mark about the roster, uh, going into the season is how do you replace Bruce Brown? And I think when everybody who's followed the nuggets, uh, looks at that, they, they say, and, and Calvin Booth said this too. He said, apples to apples. When you're talking about replacing Bruce Brown, you're talking about Christian Brown, but everybody's got that question. Yeah. But Bruce Brown became after they traded bones Highland and Reggie Jackson, you know, really they couldn't get him integrated. Bruce Brown became the backup point guard for the team, and that's the role he played pretty much throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire playoffs. Nuggets, of course, bring Reggie Jackson back this year, right? Um, and hopefully, I guess with the with the idea that with with a full off season and everything, um, he'll be he'll be better integrated, which which is a totally a valid uh, belief. We've seen time and time again as guys come into this team with this system, it takes it takes a bit to adjust to it. Um, but I just think it's interesting that that the player is looking at like, Hey, this is my opportunity to like expand my role. Um, and the GM is saying, yeah, we don't, we don't want him to have that role. Like he's, he's only going to be able to do um, these, these sorts of things. Right. Well, and, and the thing with like Reggie will almost certainly be um, reintegrated, right? Like that he'll be better integrated this year than last year. That's oh yeah, and and opening night he's he's coming off your bench as the backup point guard. Like I have no Absolutely. doubt. Like Colin Gillespie is not going to outplay him for the spot. Um, they're not going to just roll Christian Brown out as backup point guard. Pickett's not going to uh, do it either. Jalen like, Pickett's a rookie. There. Yep, right. exactly. And, and I think Jalen Pickett even mentioned in media day too. Like the messaging to him was like, "Your time will come." But right, learn, right study, be a Padawan. You'll get your shot, like, exactly. and that's fine. That's that's exactly what you should do on a championship team, is learn, understand, adjust to the league, and then we'll find out how to use you as we go. But yeah, I one of the reasons that I I don't expect Christian Brown to be the um, the backup point guard is because they have other guys to do that. Like even if something goes wrong with Reggie, like he you know he stubs a toe or something. Um, you have Colin Gillespie, you know, and you do have uh, Jalen Pickett. And so I don't, I do not expect um, 
for for Christian to be getting any kind of real point guard minutes. Um, now pushing right. the ball in transition, that's different, yeah, sure. and that is something that Bruce Brown did that he can do, where you right. grab the rebound and you run. Like that right. was that was half of what Bruce Brown did was not passing. He was taking the ball eighty feet down the court and dunking it, like. <laughs> You know, or laying it up in traffic or whatever. And that that's fine. That's a really good use of, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. And, and if Christian Brown can do that, happy for it because transition buckets are great. But no, as far as organizing the offense, not a thing. Not a thing. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I don't I don't see like Jokic being off the court and then like, all right, you, you know, the, there are going to be minutes when Jokic and Jamal are not on the court and Christian Brown is, and I don't see them being like, all right, Christian's going to be the one who initiates our office. I think that's, they're going to, they're, they're, they're banking on Reggie Jackson being that guy and being able to at least recapture some of his form, um, even from his time in the, at the Clippers, not not the, the end of his time at the Clippers, but the, the beginning of the time of his Clippers, he was, right. you know, he was a good player off the bench for them. So that's, they're, they're, they're kind of all in on that. And, and I think, you know, Calvin Booth reading between the lines of what he said kind of indicates that as well. Um, the only interesting thing is, is obviously Christian maybe thinks there's a different expectation and, and you know, and he should, like, he should want to make, get as much role and as much minutes. He should want to prove like, no, no, I can do this. Uh, I just, I haven't seen it personally watching, watching him play. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's um, in his skill set yet. Not saying that he can't add that and continue to work on his ball handling, but, um, and, and his playmaking ability. But I just, I, I personally feel more comfortable with Reggie Jackson <laughs> running back a point guard than Christian Brown. And that's, that's saying a lot. Um, Cause I'm not the biggest, uh, you know, not, not, nothing against Reggie. I, I do think he'll be better than he was um, with the nuggets at the end of last season. Uh, but like I said, he's not Reggie Jackson is not, we're not getting the Oklahoma city thunder Detroit Pistons, Reggie Jackson, right? We're getting right. a guy who's, who's basically kind of on his last legs uh, of his career. Like if he can't make it work here, then, um, it's probably going to be vet minimums and uh, bouncing in 10 days for him moving forward. Yeah. So like I said, for, for Reggie, Reggie's a real point guard. Um, I remember how long it took Jamal as a guy who wanted to be a point guard, you know, to actually be a point guard. It took him a long time. Right. So right. Yeah, I, I would expect if Christian Brown wants to be an actual point guard and not a shooting guard that occasionally like, does a DHO or a pick and roll like, you know, that that's something that's going to take some time. So if he wants to, that's great. That's a goal to work toward, but that's not what's going to happen in October of this year. No. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, you know, hopefully he doesn't get discouraged. And I don't, I don't see Christian as that type of guy. No, he's, no. he's always been a team first kind of guy. And he's know. always, always fit in. Right. And that's what impressed me about, um about media day too, was, the number of guys who are like, ah, I just wanted to get better in my role. Um, right. uh, MPJ said it. Um, I think Aaron Gordon said it. That they were like, look, man, I don't need to do more. I just need to do what I do better. Yeah, and you um, know what? That's a great. I, that's a great point that you make because I feel like that uh, that that flows very next, nicely into my next bullet point on our outline. I felt like that was essentially the overall message of this training camp was that, you know, last year the the message was clearly championship or bust. Uh, yeah, and they and they and they accomplished that to their credit. Um, this year, I think the message is very clearly: we're not satisfied. We know what we have to do, and we're ready to get back to work. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, in that sense, I mean, Malone talked about 
um, how, you know, winning takes talent and repeating takes character, basically. Right. Right. Um, and so the guys are trying to show that they have the character to repeat. I mean, uh, I know that KCP talked about how, you know, they know now that they're the number one target, you know, and the guys are going to give them their best shot. And he's basically like, bring it. We want your best shot. We're ready. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, I, they, he embraces that. And I think the whole team yeah. embraces that challenge too. Like they, they know, uh, and they knew this last year. I, mean, I thought Jamal, Jamal spoke a lot about this uh, during his press conferences in, in the postseason. Like they know who they are and they know what they're capable of. Yep. Uh, and now, and now nobody can, nobody can argue it. Like they, they, they right now, everybody knows it's not just in the locker room. Now it's not just them being like, y'all keep underestimating us. Now nobody's underestimating them. Right. Yep. Now, now they're as, as Anthony Davis said, now everybody's getting up for those, you know, yeah, getting up for those games and they should. I mean, that's, that's, that comes with the territory, right? You hang a that's banner the on fun of being night. The champ, man. Right. Yeah. You're sneaking up on nobody. Exactly. And, and for the Nuggets, a team who for a long, for basically their entire history was able to sneak up on people. Uh, it is, it is going to look a little bit uh, different. If you're, if you're wondering, if you're doubting that, just look at what ticket prices are going for right now. Uh, it is, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so angry. Like that's that's the biggest downside of them winning the championship is now it's going to cost you a hundred bucks to get through the door. Yep. Maybe I well maybe I'll have to catch like a you know Wednesday night game against the. Uh, I was going to say the Spurs, but that that won't work because they got Wimby. Uh, a Wednesday night game against the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, that that one you might. Be yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You have to see the, the Blazers. You have to go see. I don't even know, man. Like, it's going to be weird. I, I don't know who the Rockets are going to be this year. So, Rockets like, are another team I think is going to be pretty good. On, I mean, not maybe not quite this year, but Rockets, another like Oklahoma City, like, there's a lot of young talent yeah. on that team that I, I really like. Yeah, I don't know about. Right. Um, oh, why can't I remember his name now? Who's their, who's their best player? Jalen. Jalen Suggs? <laughs> no, you weirdo. I'm like. No, Jalen sucks. You Jalen Green? Jalen Green. That's it. I, I knew it was a Jalen. I couldn't remember which which All one. Right. Not, not Jalen sucks. Jalen Green. Um, yeah, I don't know if Jalen Green. Is. <laughs> That's one of those high high draft pick Jalen. It's okay, man. When you're old That's enough, everybody's name sounds the same. That's it. You know what? Jalen Suggs was born in 2001. Like that. Now I feel really old. Um. Anyways, uh, I like Jalen Green. I, I, right, I, I don't know if I'm 100% on board with him, though. Like, is he just a volume shooter? Um, I really like Jabari Smith, though. I think he's a, uh, I think he's a really good player. Uh, I, I like, well, I mean, they've obviously got, Houston's obviously got some uh, issues with old Kevin Porter Jr. out there. Uh, well, like I said, he's not out there, and that may help them. Yeah, that might do. Um, I mean, I, um I feel bad about that, but that might that might help them with him not being there, so that they don't. It's not an ego to manage. It's not a distraction. You play right. with the guys you got. Right, but you know they've got these these nice young players over there in Houston, and now they've got they, this year they spent some money to integrate some vets. Like I'm not the biggest Dylan Brooks fan, um, but there, there's no doubt that the guy is good. Good wing defender, uh, good pest. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, that's another guard who can, who I think can help them a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Alfred Sangoon. Uh, I think he's he's as close as you're going to get to Jokic uh, in this yeah. league. And, you know, and now they got they got Jeff Green, which really brings it all together for him. Ball Jeff Green. I said Ball Jeff Green is uh, who that was. Mike was saying that. Uh, yeah. Now Mike was the MVP of Media Day for sure. I mean, he was because he's hilarious. He's relaxed. 
Mike, yep. I think Mike and AG of all the guys are like, nah, man, we know who we are now. Like, this is who yep. we are. We're good. There's probably no there's probably no player on the Nuggets who's more comfortable in his skin than Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> like, right. That guy Mike is okay with is, being Mike. He's happy yeah. with who he is. Yeah, 100%. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the photo shoot that he, <laughs> Michael Ponder Jr., uh, that we all got to see, which was, I mean, to his credit, it was amazing. Uh, amazing photo shoot and an amazing tattoo. Like, the you have to be comfortable in your own skin to get a tattoo of Jesus consoling young you uh on your arm um, uh, confidence is not a michael porter jr problem <laughs> and i like been. that that's yeah, a good no, thing yeah. like if you're if you are out there trying to make shots the last thing you need to do is have some doubt mbj has no doubts he's never had doubts it's good it's good doubt. to have a clear mind when you're out there you know so, and, uh, another guy who talked about um working on his ball handling quite a bit was Correct. And and that that now like that I'm like yes like let's that I keep waiting every even just a little to unlock even just a little because the the thing with Mike is he's six ten you know maybe six eleven he's huge he's just huge so his dribble is very high um and because he doesn't have that flexibility in his back his dribble is always going to be very high so I don't want him dribbling in traffic but I do want him able to like you know, run the court without having to stutter step because he lost the handle on the ball. Or, or be able to, do, I mean, not that he can't, because I think he's done this a lot, but like to basically on a consistently basis, be able to beat his guy off the ball on an, in an ISO situation. Because I think sure. one of the things that's going to help your bench, w- would help your bench tremendously, is if you can stagger Mike with that bench unit while you're giving Jamal and... Jokic arrest, and as we've talked about, you know Agreed. who's going to be the playmaker, who's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. If you can, even if it is just ISO sets, like, and that's what you're running uh, while those guys are on the bench. If you can get some ISO sets for Mike, and he can use his size with a handle to to basically take advantage of, of the guaranteed mismatch that he's going to have, that I think is a is a huge weapon for you to have, and it's not something you're going to run a ton when Jokic and Jamal are on the floor. Like, and, right. and Mike said that to do. Like, he doesn't expect his role to change, and and I don't either. At least with the starters, like he's right. going to be the third option, and he's the, probably the best third option in the league. You know, Phoenix Suns fans can get all pissed off about that if they want, but uh, and like I flat out think that like that's all he needs to be in in that unit but i do believe that he is a guy you can use with your bench unit staggering with that bench unit and make him a focal point of your offense in those minutes but to do that like he's got to be able to set himself up because there's not going to be a lot of other guys on the court if Jokic and murray aren't on the court that can do that like again you're relying on like reggie jackson maybe christian brown yes. to be those guys and i don't know that i feel better about those guys being the ones initiating the offense than just giving the ball to Mike and being like, all right, score. You know, cause Mike's yeah, a guy sure. like you can give him the ball and be like, just get me a bucket and he can do it, especially against, against teams benches. Like there's, there's nobody who's got somebody off the bench who can, who can handle Michael Porter. <laughs> right. Well, my thing with Mike is always, if he can get to the rack as he was doing in the playoffs, some, because he, his shot wasn't dropping. Um, yeah. He's insanely like terrific at, being long, carrying the ball high, not getting stripped on the way to the bat, to the bucket. You know, he can go ahead and get there in two steps. Um, it, you want him driving the hoop, but he can't right. do that off the off the bounce 
if his handle's not better. So he Agreed. winds up stepping back and trying to shoot over guys, or he stands in the corner while somebody else dribbles a bit around and does that. And I would rather have the ball in Mike's hands so his getting the ball handle that he needs to have definitely means that, you know, potentially he doesn't have to stand in the corner. He can be like, I'm taking the ball up. I'm going to run a DHO with whomever. You know, I'm going to run a, a 1-5. You know, right. well, I guess for him it's a 3-5. But you know what I mean? Where I'm yeah. a ball handler, and then I will either pop or I will, you know, drive the hoop. You can oop me, whatever. Let's go get this together. Because the more movement that he can put into his game, I think the better off he's going to be. Yes, you can just put him in the corner, and he will stretch the floor forever. And he's one of the, you know, five best three-point shooters in the league. That's fine. But if you can do more than that, then I would love to see him do more than that. And he's been working on opening up some of those things. And that's what I'm hoping to see this year. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the next step of growth for him, right? Like, he, the role that he played last season, like, he's got that down. And and to Mike's credit, like, he can do so much more, in my eyes, than what the Nuggets ask of him. But he very much realized, like, this is the role I need to play. And as he said today, he was like, we won the championship, man. Like, playing the roles we played. Like, why would we change it up, you know? And right. But to his credit, like that, that speaks to his maturity, his, um, his recognition of, of what this team is and the potential they have. A lot of guys, Bones Island, would not be willing to do that. And, and Mike, for Mike to do that and with the talent that he has and the ability he has, it speaks volumes both to the culture of the team and, and to, to the character of the player. So, um, if he can, if he can expand that game into that next level of being able to do more with the ball in his hands. I think, I think it's on the nuggets. It's on coach Malone um, to reward him for doing that, to reward him for the player he's been with this team and, and, and find a way to make that work. I agree. And and that's, that's the next wrinkle that you can take. You can take some of the burden off of Jokic and you can spread it out to Murray and Porter. Now that you know what works, if you have to go back to, you know, Jokic doing everything, you can do that. He always has that in his back pocket, but right. he doesn't want it. You know, the fact that he wins MVPs is because he's like the situation required me to do that. So yep, exactly. I will play and be crazy good at everything. And we will do that. But if he's, if, he would be totally happy going, you know, 12 points, 12 rebounds, you know, eight assists and, you know, just ooping it up to other people. That's yep. fine. With, with he would love that. Yeah. With a dub. If you're winning the ball game, that's he's fine with that. He says all the time that he gets annoyed when he scores 40 or whatever and they lose. Like yeah. that, he's because I shouldn't have had to do that because that was the wrong basketball play and we lost. But I figured it's, we, you know, if we're going to lose, I'm not going to let us go down, you know, double digits. I'll just go score. So we kept it close, but it wasn't the right basketball thing. Right. That, and and so, that- yeah that's been a growth of, of Jokic's game is he does definitely understand now, like when he's like, all right, I gotta just get me the ball and I'll get a bucket. Like, and, and we've seen him take those over those games, but as we saw in the playoffs, like in the games that he scored the most points, those were generally the games that the nuggets lost the, the few losses that they had in the right. playoffs. You know, they were all like Jokic 40 point performances. So he, he recognizes for sure. Um, but it's why valuing. they can they can take more advantage during the season, right? And that's why you yeah. want MPJ to work on his ball handling, you know, so that during the season you can add in more sets. There's more stuff yeah. you can do. And so if there's more the players can do, then there's more the coaches can call. 
and they don't have to call the same five plays. It doesn't have to be a one-five pick and roll 80% of the time. You can right, do other right. stuff. We don't have to just, yeah, just run the Jokic-Jamal two-man game and clear everybody else out. Uh, right. Which, which I mean, you can because that works. But uh, they, they, there's, there's some um, opportunities there with Mike if he can, if he can uh, continue to improve his ball handling. All right, one more, one more quote I want to get to, or one more discussion topic from Media Day. Peyton Watson. Uh, supposedly has added he was he was the the guy in training camp who's in the best shape of his life that's there you go added 20 pounds of muscle um would not say how many inches he's grown but uh seemed to indicate he's taller. That right he's that he taller. has because you remember Peyton Watson is only 21 years old like that he's still a kid like he's he's just been able to drink beer for like the first time in his life in a bar um probably not MTJ is still 25 man probably. Jokic is 28. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, this this team is. I mean, what Aaron Aaron Gordon is 28. Like, these guys are. Oh man, they got a long way to go. But Peyton Watson is a guy who obviously the Nuggets, it, it, all by all you know accounts, if you and if you look at what they've said, uh, is a guy that the Nuggets expect to do more this season. He kind of came out of nowhere at the end of last year. You know, right last season he played a lot in the G League, didn't really get minutes, and then like the last two weeks of the season, uh suddenly got put into the rotation and was just swatting shots left and right. Like the, yep. by, I mean we haven't seen we haven't seen a guy um come over for a weak side block since like Birdman uh like that. So yeah he, seriously He's he's a guy who I thought there was a glimmer there at the end of the season. And now with Jeff Green gone, like the Nuggets are looking at who's going to replace that that role. And, you're, you know, honestly, I thought my first inclination to think was, well, it's probably going to be Vlaco. Uh, but now Vlaco, of course, he tears his ACL uh, in the in the World Cup warm up games. So he's out for the year. Uh, I see Peyton Watson as a guy who's going to play the four off the bench for them and maybe even some small ball five, but he definitely could not do that um, as, as a guy who was probably would clocking in at like 220 uh, in terms of pounds. Well, Peyton, Peyton was, Peyton was like six, seven, maybe six, when they seven, him. six, eight ish. Yeah, exactly. But see, he's six, eight, six, nine now, I think. So, um, and, and he has bulked out. Like I, I actually do like him in that kind of Jeff Green role. Um, I think the transition game of the bench is going to be stellar. Honestly, I think the re- if they can get rebounds, and that's really my thing. It's another reason I want to see Mike on the on the bench, not to start the bench, obviously, but to play minutes with the bench, is because you could legitimately run a six six um, shooting guard. You know, Reggie's how tall is Reggie? I think he's 6'3". Sounds about guys. right. So, again, he's not, he's not a short point. He's not, it's not like he's Ish Smith, right? Right, exactly. So, you know, so you've got, and you've got 6'6 six, six for you, for Christian Brown, and then you've got MPJ at 6'10", and Peyton Watson, the 6'8", plus, six out two. there trying to, trying six to get two. rebounds, trying to, like, you know, push the pace, run the ball up the court, dunk on people, you know, or run to the corner and shoot threes. Like, I think the transition game of the Nuggets is going to be great. And I think um, Peyton and Christian together have really good hands for steals. Like you said, yep. there's some weak side blocks that are going to happen. Uh, MPJ also has been getting his blocks on. Yep. So, like, there's a lot to like about seeing a tall, fast lineup on the bench. Um, 
I mean, that's the one thing that Bruce Brown was great at was the Nuggets didn't have a lot of good set offense, but they had a lot of great transition offense. Right. So if the Nuggets are going to continue that, Peyton Watson in that lineup makes makes me very happy, and I do expect to see a lot of him in that kind of three four role. Yeah, and I look at, when I look at Peyton, I think like long term. When when I look at how they drafted him, I'm like, I feel like long term that's your Aaron Gordon replacement, right? Like if we're not gonna pay, yes, uh, AG another big contract after this one is done, uh, you know, because he'll be in his thirties or whatever. Like you, I think in the ideal world, you have Peyton Watson be able to slide into that starting spot next to Michael Porter Jr. Um, but in order for him to do that right right now, he's gonna have to take that next step of being basically playing that role off the bench, just like, just like Jeff did. And, and I think he can do it. I think he's, I, I, I'm a huge Peyton Watson believer. I'll just say it. Like, I think he's um, going to be a, a really, really good player for them this year. I think he's going to be the guy uh, that, that probably gets talked about the most as, as like the, the, the guy who came out of nowhere for the nuggets. At least that's what the national media will talk about because right. they don't pay attention to the nuggets. But um, now I will say the thing, the thing with Peyton is that, um, his game has limitations. He sure. showed up in the summer league, but Joe's sure. limitations are not going to yeah, come exactly. up in the regular season because he's not in that role. He's right. not in a on ball shot creator sort of role. He's not trying to make his own shot. He's trying to dunk in transition, get putbacks on rebounds, like run the floor and hit some occasional open threes. Like that's his job. Yeah, and I, like 100%, like we've seen that time and time again in, in summer league, like that guy in his sophomore season who's like, okay, now you're the man for the summer right. league team, and they just look like garbage because like that's that's not the role uh, that they're used to playing uh, with his team. And like a guy like Peyton Watson, like that's not the role he played at UCLA. I mean, he barely even played at UCLA, you know? So like you're asking guys to be like, hey, go back to something you did on the, on the AAU circuit, right, or with your high school team, and, and now – do that against fringe NBA players. Like it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't translate and it, and it doesn't need to, like he's, he's not, if, if you're right. If you're asking Peyton Watson to be what he was, what you were asking from summer league, like you're in some serious trouble. Cause clearly a lot of guys are injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're down three starters and this is a problem. Um, because that's not going to be his role, but in the role that he's going to be in, in the same way that Christian Brown was very good at the role he was in, right? I expect that to be, <clears throat> um, to be Peyton Watson's year. Is they're not going to ask him to do a lot other than defend, rebound, and shoot a little bit, cut. He's going to do a lot of cutting, and that's yep. great. Like he's he's perfect for back cuts. Like he's got the right size. He's a good um, two foot jumper. Um, he's not a one foot athlete, so that like that's he he gets stuffed at the rim sometimes for that. But off two feet, he's got plenty of athleticism. That's why he's a great weak side blocker. Yep, yep, yeah. So all that stuff works when you're cutting too. So I, well, I'm with you. I think Peyton's gonna have. I expect Peyton to have a really good year in his role. Yep, 100. percent Um, all right, let's let's break away from from media day now. We'll talk uh, a little bit here to wrap up the show about uh, about what comes next. Still in that. That same vein of the old pickaxe podcast, looking back and then looking forward. Uh, so the Nuggets are on a plane, probably about right about now, maybe already got on a plane back to San Diego, um, which like nobody I feel like has been reporting on where they are um, doing training camp. But I did confirm it is San Diego. 
um, that they were they are headed to right now to do training camp. Uh, Josh Crockett did touch a little bit on the uh, Nuggets potentially getting a practice or training facility in the future as part of the uh, the development project going on there next to Ball Arena. That's called the River Mile Project. I was telling Gordon before we hopped on, I did a little research. Uh, the area in question of that River Mile Project, because it's a huge project that spans quite a bit of space there uh, in downtown Denver, uh, but the area in question that would actually house the training facility currently that project states they're looking at a, a finishing that area 2026 2027 so if you're looking at a timeline of when the nuggets might stop flying to san diego to do training camps uh you're probably we're probably about four years out right now so this year of course they are back in san diego for training camp uh there is you know it's kind of interesting because this team obviously yeah, very largely decided to run it back as you should when you win a win a championship. Uh, of course, the big the big as we've touched on the big uh, missing piece is Bruce Brown, your sixth man. He he gets paid by Indiana. Um, so there's not a ton of position battles like like we talked about. I think I don't think anybody's gonna push Reggie Jackson uh, for the for the shooting guard or the point guard uh, off the bench role. But the, the role that I think is the the biggest thing left undecided is sort of who is that second wing versus and who is that big off the bench, right? Those are two things. So if we think yeah. Peyton Watson is going to fill like somewhat kind of hybridly between that roles, that's great. And you know, you know, Christian Brown's going to play off the bench. Obviously he's essentially your new sixth man. Um, and we, we all expect Reggie Jackson to be your backup point guard, but typically speaking um, in the regular season, at least there's not too many teams to run an eight man, rotation other than like you know where, where where's tom Thibodeau, no Thibodeau these days the next problem right now i was gonna say it's a terrible idea if you don't want to kill your players but that is tom's goal so that's what he <laughs> tibbs likes to run them into the ground so the nuggets will will definitely go to nine i think michael blone has always shown that he's also shown the propensity to go to 10 to play a full five off the bench so if we can even say that we've got we we, we can be pretty confident that reggie jackson christian brown and peyton watson are going to be three of those five though michael malone did say peyton watson has to earn um, his role those other two guys right one of them being obviously your backup big and so you're kind of malone touched on this on media day too like he talked about how maybe vlatko was kind of be that guy um, but he's hurt now and so he, he kind of indicated it's really between deandre jordan um, who's definitely not on the team for on-court purposes more. He's definitely there more for off-court and locker room presence. Or the other guy who's he's a pivotal year for him is, is Zeke Naji. So when I think of like training camp battles, I, I really think about like, the, the, I guess the two guys who come to my mind right now as like, these are the guys who, who need to try and earn a spot. Uh, Zeke Naji, number one, is that backup big. And then the other guy who maybe can challenge Peyton Watson, and we know Mike Malone loves his vets. Michael Malone, sorry, sorry, coach. Uh, we know he loves his vets. I'm intrigued to see, does Justin Holiday maybe push Peyton Watson out of a, of a rotation position, at least at first? Or or does or does Peyton Watson, do do we go all in with Peyton Watson as essentially the 4-5 the off the bench, and we play Justin Holiday as the second wing? Uh, next Christian Brown. I think those are the two biggest guys to watch in terms of camp battles. And one of those two guys ends up being your ninth man in the rotation. No, I can see that. Um, for me, it's, it's tough because I, I think Justin holiday is on his last legs also <laughs> as a pro. <laughs> I was so going to say not very maybe, good. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, more than he's, he's down a leg. He's only got one left. 
Um, right. So uh, if he's still got something, you should be able to see it early in the season, right? Well, like he's fresh. Right? You should be able to... Yeah, you, you should. This is when you would see it. He's fresh. He hasn't had to be playing back-to-backs. He's not been traveling. This is when you would be seeing the best of Holiday. So if he's not going to do it now, he's not going to do it. So if Malone's going to give him the chance, then he's going to give it to him in October. He's not going to give it to him in January. So, yeah, I could see to start the year, um, it being more Holiday and less Peyton Watson. Um, I don't think that's going to last. Um, yeah. My concern with Najee, Najee talked about at, at media today about how he knew that his shot was going to be a mess because he yeah, was, that was starting crazy to fix thing. it last year. And that was a that was a bizarre comment to me. That was a, that was a crazy re- revelation to me. Like, I mean, it makes sense. And so, who knows? Like, is that the real reason, or is maybe this this is what he's just saying because like he shot freaking terrible? But it would make sense because like he actually was a pretty good three point shooter, and then that just fell off a cliff last yep. year. Yeah, and for for me, Najee, if if his shot is okay, he's got the size, he's got the movement skills. Um, you know, you you would like to see that guy as a small ball five. That would he would be good yeah. at that. He's he's a pretty decent rebounder. Um, he's had, but again, let's say he's had three years now in an NBA weight room. So like he's right, yeah, he's gotten stronger, right? Like he's not he doesn't have Wacko's body, but you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna see Vlaco uh, and, and uh, Slovenian beach body here in no time. Yeah, no, Vlaco definitely got all the all the sections of the abs working out. Where, but uh, I but Nagy, I'm they actually don't have beaches in Slovenia. But but continue. If, if they did, yeah, he would definitely pose. He would do it. That's it. It's got to be a lake or something. What, whatever the Venice beach of Slovenia is, he's on it. Um, but as far as Naji goes, I if he can't shoot, again. Uh, he's going to have trouble. Um, yeah. He's a very... Uh, Najee's another guy that thinks his way through stuff, and that is fine as long as when you pull the trigger on stuff, it works. And when you grab rebounds, you know what to do with it. But if you're hesitating, you're going to get lost in the NBA. There are guys who just go full speed, and Najee's trouble was when his shot wasn't going, he started thinking too much. Right. Well, uh, the other thing about Najee... I see the thing that, that that happens with him um, is if, if his shot's not falling, he quickly becomes the office space meme of what would you say you do here, right? Because like I think right. he was very much branded as like uh, like when he first came in, in into the team and and you know optimism always runs ridiculously high for the rookies. Um, everybody kind of branded him as like Najee can defend uh, you know one through five. He's this amazing like all out like defensive gem. And like I think as you started watching like. Yeah, know that he could defend really anything other than like the power forward position but like if he, he always he but he still like really seemed to fit the role of like stretch four like that was kind of perfect for him right uh right like a, poor, a poor man's ryan anderson or richard lewis right like a guy who yeah gonna get you some rebounds he's gonna go into the corner he's gonna shoot threes and there's absolutely a role for that or that role absolutely exists on the nuggets and they shove michael porter jr in it way too much but if he's not knocking down the shots from the corner, then then he's just like, there's just not much you're getting out of him. Right. Because the problem is, is that if you're standing in the corner, but you can't make that shot, then you're just standing in the corner. So, and you can't get rebounds, and you're not defending. Like, you know, what, do you, what are you doing? Um, he does move his feet really well. 
So in a in a team defense setting, especially with Watson and Brown, um, I think that would help Najee a lot by having multiple guys around him that also move their feet well and can you know and you're and is very switchable. Like Najee has pretty quick feet for a big guy, so that's yep. good. Um, but he's got to be able to make shots, and if I don't care if that's in the paint or not. Um, but he will not be a guy, you know, driving the rim. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a handle for that. No, so yeah. if if his shot is better this year, he can have that, you know, one of those roles, especially as a as a big man. They don't want DeAndre doing it. If DeAndre's doing it, that is a failure of policy. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that he's your emergency backup. He's not your expected backup. Yeah, exactly. Like he's I don't know. I, I... I would really love for him to to work into that small ball five. Like my my ideal nine off the bench is Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. Like, but Zeke is the one that I'm like the least confident in in getting into that role. And like I said though, uh, when we first started talking about him, this is a big year for him. Like he is eligible for an extension. Um, here no, he was eligible for an extension. Month. Yeah, at the end of the month. At the the month. I think he's got like the 23rd of this month uh, before is the deadline. He will not be getting one. I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get it. I think uh, he's a guy who's who's definitely the Nuggets will be happy letting test restricted free agency. Even if he has has a good year this season, you know, the only way that burns the Nugget is is if it's a Bruce Brown situation where he plays out of his mind and then is awesome in the playoffs and somebody offers him $20 million. Uh, Otherwise... I think the Nuggets are. And, and if he does that, they win another they, title. So that's fine. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> right. And and like great great job, Zeke. Like best of luck in you know Charlotte or wherever he would end up getting that money. And and you 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 replace him. Um, same thing you're doing with with Bruce Brown. But like there there's no way that the Nuggets are gonna are gonna yeah give him an extension. Uh, well, not so it's a take. huge. And season he should take. Right. He's got yeah. to prove it this year, both to the Nuggets and to the league. So, but yeah. that's a lot of pressure, right? So I, like, that's a question of, you know now that every shot you make or don't make is making you or losing you dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 whether or not he can rise to that, I mean, we're, hey, we're fixing to find out one way yep. or another. All right, let's get on to one last uh, kind of, sort of training camp contact, uh, training camp content, and then we will... Um, we will get out of here for the week. So um, Nuggets, of course, this is the first time, I believe, since 2016, I believe, was the draft uh, when they took three rookies and gave them all guaranteed contracts. Uh, that Back then, of course, was Jamal Murray, Watcher Hernan Gomez, and Malik Beasley. Those, they were all first-round picks. Nuggets gave three guaranteed contracts to rookies again this year. However, uh, two of them uh, were second-round picks. Nonetheless, they are on the roster. Calvin Booth kind of talked about you know that that sort of they're they're trying to rebuild not only for this season not not rebuild but they're trying to you know get re restock the cupboard if you will not only yeah. for this season but for for future seasons so obviously there's there's a, a long-term plan uh for for these guys speaking you know Jalen Jalen Pickett um Julian Strother and Hunter Tyson but I think this is this is the thing uh, about fans and like optimism and 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 this the love of the unknown like there's I think there's a lot of fans out there who expect like Julian Strother to be in the rotation day one and and based off of the way Hunter Tyson played um in 
in summer league like that oh that guy's gonna you know gonna make it i was watching uh you know some of the dnvr content from from today and they one of the things they were doing was like what's your hottest take and they were asking all the media members like what's your hottest take of the year and even media members were like hunter tyson he's going to be in the rotation personally i don't think any one of those guys i, I think if one of those three guys cracks the rotation this year it's going to be because of injuries um i'm not or i'm not going to say yeah yeah or abject failure by somebody right like if if reggie jackson flat out can't figure it out and can't get it back. Like, yeah, then you could maybe see Jalen Pickett um, move into that role. But I don't expect any of these guys in training camp. You sort of like, I mean, Christian Braun, Brown, sorry, not Braun, Brown made a, made a case very early on of like, hey, I can, like, I'm going to be part of the rotation. And But even then, it took, it took like a month or so of the regular season for him to integrate himself. Um, and, and and truly become a part of the rotation. I don't anticipate, despite the fact that they have three rookies on guaranteed contracts, I don't anticipate any one of those guys at the beginning of the season like being being in the rotation in any way or winning a training camp battle to to earn a spot in the rotation. Of uh, only if somebody needs some rest. Like I don't think it's a real rotation spot in the or in the beginning right, of the year. Sure. But I but I will say, like the thing with Hunter Tyson. Is what were we saying that Zeke Naji needs to do? He needs to play yeah. some defense, grab some rebounds, run the floor, and shoot. Well, guess what Hunter Tyson does? Hunter Tyson can shoot, ain't no doubt about it. And, he, and that man can us. shoot. He hustles. He dunks. He has no problem driving the hoop. You know, dude is dude is uh, has a motor that doesn't quit. Uh, and we know what Malone likes, right? And it's so far exactly Hunter. What yeah. Hunter has not Hunter has not had the problem that Najee had of maybe overthinking things a little. Hunter was like see ball shoot ball. Yep. You know, and so if that's what you need and that's what you're missing, the big guy on the roster who can shoot is Hunter Tyson. Right. So like and that the one thing that that you wound up with with um Christian and the reason that he got to play was because he did he played defense and he hustled all the time. And if he was wide open, he took a shot. Yeah. He also cut. He cut. And so those are all four things that like Hunter Tyson can do. He's not the kind of defender that Christian Brown is. But, you know, if you're talking about a guy who's willing to put his body in the way, he's willing to put his body in the way. Right. You know, he, he is an athletic white boy. So, uh, you know, he can get up and go ahead and get dunks and get blocks. So if you're looking for a role, you know, is Hunter Tyson the best of the three um, draftees that we took? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't like, say so. They took him third. Yeah, so. yeah, I was like, obviously not in the Nuggets' eyes, right? Yeah, they didn't think so when they drafted him. So with zero NBA games under his belt, they don't think he was. But. Um, for what the Nuggets might have room for, Hunter makes sense because that's the role that's missing is the the stretch four. Right. The backup yeah, stretch or, four they don't have. Like, that's not a DeAndre Jordan role. And if yeah, Najee can't yeah. fill it, like, you know what I mean? Like, if Najee right. can't and, do and, it. And Vlak goes out. So. And Vlak goes out, that gives you an opening. That and We were talking about injury openings. That would be the injury opening for Hunter Tyson. Yep. Um, yeah, I think. I as think far as. I was say I, I think when you look at all three of the of the rookies, whether it's you know Hunter Tyson, uh, Jalen Picker, or Julian Strother, like they all seem to be like the break glass in case of emergency, right? So like if 
If Reggie right. Jackson doesn't work out or gets hurt, well, then, all right, Jalen Pickett's probably the next guy up. If Peyton Watson doesn't work out or gets hurt, um, then or if Christian Brown gets hurt, then Julian Strother is going to be kind of that right. next guy up. Uh, maybe Justin Holiday, but Julian Strother should be in that conversation. And then with Zeke Naji, like you said, it's Hunter Tyson. Like I think all of these guys are your your second, if not third, option for for a bench rotation role. But yeah, somebody's going to get hurt this year. We know that's going to happen. So correct when that does, like one of these guys might get that opportunity. I just don't see them. I think I think fans need to temper their expectations with these three guys and understand that like Agreed. they're they're gonna. It's spend a long term process, Rapids, man. Right? It's a, exactly. it's a it's a long term process. Okay, so like Monte uh, Morris when he when he was drafted, he's basically he and Jalen Pickett are extremely similar as yep. like incredible college point guards who were there forever, who did great things and had some stuff to work on to be pros. And, you know, it took a year uh, of seasoning for Monte Morris to crack the roster. Um, right. It may take the same for Jalen Pickett. Um, and so these are things, you know, uh, yes, Christian broke the roster and got minutes, but he wasn't taking shots, really. You know, uh, and whereas if you have Strother, Strother's whole job is to shoot. Like that was right. his, his entire job. He could have spent this whole year wanting to play defense. He said, he's like, look, my offense has always been easy. I got to figure out defense because... I'm going to need it. Yes, correct. You're going to learn that in, in Grand Rapids. Right, exactly. That like That's where you go. Like the, To to drive the point home on your Monte Morris comparison, Monte played a total of 25 minutes his rookie season. Like he, he was, he played, oh, well, back then they didn't have a G League team, so I I don't know, he was probably at Rio Grande Well, no, he, well, he, he did play G League, but they, they had to sub him out. Yeah, some other yeah it was like probably like Rio Grande Valley or something like that is where he Right, yeah, he, 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 kept, he kept going out to whoever it was that, that we we had as a um, a negotiated player for, for them, um, and right. that's why he was sometimes on the bench and sometimes off playing. Um, but he was learning, and, 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 and so, very similar to, what, to to Peyton Watson last year, right? Like Peyton Watson spent yes. a lot of time in Grand Rapids last year, and then at the very Correct. end of the season, started to get get a little bit of opportunity, showed some flashes, and now like the expectation is he's going to become in his sophomore season uh, a regular rotation player. A rotation player, right? And that's what I'm expecting is is that if Najee doesn't work out, then they've got Hunter Tyson next year, right? And if Reggie is on his his you know last contract, well, you have Jalen Pickett, who's available as of next year, who can take minutes if you need them, you know. And so a lot of these guys were planned for year two, not necessarily year one, but you want them in the program so they get used to it. You know how you you play as a Nugget, and so I agree with you. I don't expect any of them to be day one rotation guys. Um, and being midseason rotation guys would probably require some failure in some other avenue, but failure they're injury. available, right? Yeah, failure. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's it's either failure or, um, like you said, harm. It's it's an injury concern, and that's fine. But they're here to learn, and they have talent. We've seen them play; they have talent. That's not a problem. Um, but you need to see how they're going to fit in, and you're definitely not building anything around them in the preseason with the idea that they're going to take minutes. They will get minutes when like a need is there. And until then they're just going to learn. And I don't have a problem with that. This is a championship team. Nope. Yep. I'm right. Exactly. That. And I think that's, that's a great point to end it on is like, this is a championship team. If you're playing a rookie who was drafted late in the first round or in the second round, like either one, you, you, you caught lightning in a bottle 
or two, like something has gone terribly wrong. Yeah. His name was Nikola Jokic, or because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right. yeah, like uh, I again, the only rookie playing in the playoffs last year, there were what two of them, I think, right? And Christian was one of them. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know who the other one. Was. I don't remember who the other one was. So, like, it's not a common thing. You don't play rookies in the playoffs. So, right. if if they do play, they're here to help you out and get you through the season. Um, yep. and so I'm glad to have them, but I'm not expecting anything from them until year two. Yep, I agree. All right, well, I think that is a good uh, a good sp- stopping point to wrap up the the reboot of the Denver Stiffs show. Uh, make sure you guys. Are I cannot us believe you didn't cut me off at all. <laughs> we, we, we spent like an hour and 40 minutes talking to something, man. Like, this is your fault. Well, we're only at like an hour and 20. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> hey, it's the first show back. Like, we got to get back in the groove. Um, Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Also, follow us at Denver Stiffs. We're going to have all kinds of great content for you guys this year. We're going to, uh, I will, I will be writing more about this in the, in the coming days, but we were, we are, uh, like, like, like the way it was, it was pitched to me. It's, it's the new Denver Stiffs, but like the old Denver Stiffs, right? So, exactly. Um, so we are going to have a lot of fun stuff for you guys this season. It's it's going to be a great time. A well, shout out to Mile High Sports, uh, Nate Lenny and that whole group, uh, our partners in this endeavor. We are foreverly grateful for them for saving our site. Um, and otherwise, uh, I will I will probably talk to you guys here fairly soon. Uh, certainly, I'll have you with with Gordon on next week. We'll be breaking down training camp and previewing that first preseason game against the Phoenix Suns. But for tonight, we will call it a wrap. Mr. Gross, appreciate appreciate you as always, sir. Good to be back, man. All righty. Go Nuggets. Listen.